And, and I, I, I think it only appropriate that we have our vets that are present at this service. If you would, please stand if you are uh, a veteran and let us applaud you and your service, please. God bless you. God bless you, folks. God bless you. Absolutely. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. I'm just going to double check. Mary Jo said she had... Uh, just something to say about Advent. I'm just scanning to make sure uh, that, you, okay, doesn't look like she's here. That's okay. She can do that next Sunday. Not a problem. Let's, uh, let's do this, church. Let's go to the Word of God now as a way of preparing uh, us for uh, a time of prayer. Deuteronomy 6.6, we're going to be looking at this text momentarily. It's very important to the Word of God and certainly to Jesus' words as well in the New Testament. If you would, let us join together in these words. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Amen and amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, church. And as we do, Lord, we are indeed a thankful people. Thankful, O oh God, for our veterans, the men and women, O oh God, who have served faithfully. Lord, for those service men and women in this very moment, Lord, who are serving, who are giving of themselves for freedom, for liberty, for justice, for all. What a blessing. And we're very thankful, Lord, that we have this holy space to come to give thanks, to offer, Lord, our gratitude for our veterans and for those who are currently serving this very day. Oh, Lord, we are thankful. Oh, God, today we do honor our veterans, worthy men and women who gave their best when they were called upon to serve and to protect their country. We pray, O oh God, that you will bless them for their unselfish service in the continual struggle to preserve our freedoms, our safety, and our heritage for all. And Lord, we also look to you, Lord, our God, our Redeemer, our Lord, for safekeeping. We look to you, O oh God, for truth. We look to you, O oh God, for forgiveness. We look to you, O oh God, for salvation. Lord, it's in you that we can find what we need for a full and abundant life. Yes, Lord, we often, Lord, seek other idols. We often go out into the world to try to find that empty void. But what will ultimately fill any kind of brokenness, any kind of emptiness that we may have, Lord, is always you. It will always be you, and it will forever be you. So, Lord, we seek you this day with an attitude of gratitude and with deep faith, Lord, 
We, Lord, will seek you. And Lord, what a relationship it is to have with Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. That is the most important relationship any man, any woman, any child could ever have, because it's then and only then, O oh God, that we can be under the cover of your wings, which Scripture says is a refuge. Lord, it's there that we can find truth, that we can find life, that we can find life eternal. So, Lord, we give our hearts to you, Lord, and we say, Thank you, Lord. Guide us and direct us. Forgive us, Lord, for when we need forgiveness. And Lord, we seek you in all that we do. And we ask this now always in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who gave us the Lord's Prayer, praying together now as the body of Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Church, I am turning now to the Old Testament text of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. This, re this regards uh, the greatest commandment that is here present before us. Listen now to these words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to, to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, church, as I was reading this text throughout this week and just praying my way through it, what came to me as I was paying close attention to the words that are before us here in the book of Deuteronomy, something just popped out from the page and just spoke to my heart, and it was simply this. Moses, the author here, is writing how you and I, how the person of faith, how the people of Israel then, but also now uh, any person of faith might walk in the truth. And that's what I want to speak about this morning, how you and I might always walk 
in the truth. So let, let me just offer this. If you and I, okay, biblically are being asked to walk in the truth, what is it that you and I are up against? What is it that you and I face each and every day? Because that needs to be addressed as well. Well, if you and I are to be walking in the truth, we must know that every day we are up against a lot of noise in the world, right? A lot of noise that is literally piercing our eardrums, and specifically what I'm speaking of, that noise, is that our world that we live in is filled with lies, it's filled with slander, it's filled with deception, it's filled with meanness, it's filled with negativity, and very sadly, oftentimes, it's people who call themselves Christians that are spewing a lot of this negativity. And that hurts. That hurts to be a Christian, to be a part of the body of Christ, and to know that this person may very well be a friend, a relative, but they are spewing just vicious things, and it's causing a lot of noise in the ears of man. So if we are to be walking in the truth, we've got to call that noise what it is. We've got to be able to identify it. We've got to be able to arm ourselves as people of faith and to confront it as well. See, here's the thing about the noise in the world. If we hear negativity, if we hear meanness, if we hear half-truths often, the temptation always is to believe it, right? To absolutely believe it, particularly if we're not doing the research, doing the investigation, doing the looking to know if the negativity, if the lies, if the meanness is true. If we just hear it and take it at face value, the temptation, right, is always to believe it. Hook, line, and sinker, just believe it. That's the temptation, right? That's the temptation just to believe it as it is, particularly from someone whom we respect, whom we regard in an absolutely substantial way. Now, how do we walk in the truth knowing that there's so much noise in the world, that there's so much meanness, that there's so much deception, that there's so much darkness. Here's the first thing, biblically speaking, that we need to do, okay? Scripture backs this up. We are to walk in the truth, and if meanness, if negativity, if deception, if, if, if lies are hurled at us or hurled at someone, biblically speaking, we have the right to firstly rebuke it. We are to rebuke it. Let me go to the book of James. Listen to this, okay? This is the Apostle James speaking about that very thing. 
He says, humility cures worldliness. I'm going to James chapter 4, verse 7. He says this, therefore, submit to God, resist or rebuke the devil, and he will flee from you. That's James 4, 7. So church, when you hear something, when something is hurled at you that you know that is at best a half-truth or a complete lie or meanness or negativity, biblically speaking, we are to stand upon the Word of God and rebuke that attack. We are even to rebuke the attacker. You see, that's how you are to live in the truth and to dispel that absolute lie, first and foremost, to rebuke the attack and to rebuke the attacker. The same goes for lies about your family, lies about your friends, lies about your church. You are to rebuke it. Back it up with the Word of God. James chapter 4, verse 7. That's how you walk in the truth. Listen now to Psalm 86, 11, speaking about walking in the truth. Listen to this, a psalm from David. He says, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Wow. Wow. You see, he specifically says, David does, to walk in the truth. You and I are not to walk beside the truth. You and I are not to walk behind the truth. You and I are not even to walk in front of the truth. The key word here is that believers, you and I, are to walk in the truth. Think about it in this way, okay? When you and I, we go grocery shopping, we walk into the grocery store, do we not? Unless we shop online, right? Or how about going to the doctor's office? You and I walk into the doctor's office. Same thing for worship. You and I walk into a building, into the service, into worship. If we go and we see or watch a program for our child or grandchild, we walk into the school. There's a point, there's meaning behind walking in, walking into. In a sense, when we are walking in something, we are letting that very thing take control. And we do the same thing spiritually when we are walking in God's truth. We're letting God, you see, take control of things. We are letting God take control of our spirits, of our hearts, of our very minds, of our very being. You see, when you and I are walking in the truth, this is very important, we are letting his truth then absorb us. Remember that word, to absorb us, literally from head 
to toe. We're letting God's truth absorb us to the point where it gets in our bones. Did you hear that? It gets in our bones. We're letting God's truth absolutely consume us. Now, let's go to the text here, Deuteronomy 4 through 9. This is an important text, and I want to unpack it for a variety of different reasons. One is because it connects us to Jesus and to the New Testament. So let me begin with 4a here. It says this, Hear, O Israel, as we are walking in the truth, letting God's truth consume us and to get into our bones. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now pay close attention to this, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Remember that, letting your heart be consumed by the truth of God. With all of your soul, letting God's truth consume your soul, and with all of your strength. Now let me stop there. Okay, this very statement, okay, verse 4 and 5, we need to classify what this is. And it's called Shema, the Shema, S-H-E-M-A. What is the Shema? It is the basic confession of faith in Judaism. Remember that, church. Remember that. And here's why. Because Jesus said that very thing, that basic confession of faith in the New Testament text, and I want to turn there now, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 38. Think about, think about what I just said, the Shema. Love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart, your mind, and your strength. Listen to this. Jesus says the same thing, the Shema, Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38. He says this, what is the greatest commandment of all church? Jesus answers. He says, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, he says, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And then he goes on in verse 38 and says this, this is the first and the greatest commandment. Wow. There it is, right there, the Shema, the basic confession of faith. That is how you and I are to be walking in the truth. Let me continue here, verse 8 and 9 of Deuteronomy. Listen closely to this. It says, verse 8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And verse 9, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What the scripture is trying to say is simply this, that God's laws, okay, God's truth literally should be on your mind and on your hands at all times, at all times, literally between your eyes, on your mind 
all the time, Scripture says. And verse 9, you see, it was the Jewish custom. Now get this. It was the Jewish custom to attach a small vessel called the mezula to the doorpost, okay, of their dwelling. And in this, it was placed a small scroll that had this very text written on it and the name of God entitled Shaddai. Shaddai. I found that absolutely interesting. To walk in God's truth, to make that a way of life for people of faith. Now, why? Why should you and I walk in the truth of God every day? What's the point? Well, let me get to that. Because we do not walk in God's truth because it's convenient, okay? We don't walk in God's truth because it's popular or status quo or because you want likes on Facebook. Listen, the reason why you and I, as the body of Jesus Christ, walk in God's truth is because it is a God-given responsibility to do so. Remember that. Remember that. You don't walk in God's truth because you want to impress someone else. You don't do it to get patted on the back, but because it is a biblical command to do so. It is a God-given responsibility. Think about it like this, church. When you are walking in God's truth, when you are steeped in God's Word, you allow, then, all of your thoughts All of your needs, all of your desires, all of your motivations to be then absorbed by God's truth. And when you're walking in that truth, here's what happens, and this is an absolute miracle, and it really is. When you are walking in God's truth, here's what happens in an everyday kind of way. Sinners are converted. Saints are revived. Churches then are purified. The lost are then found. And, church, the spiritually dead are what? Alive again. You see, that's what it means to walk in God's truth. Taking the Word of God and letting it absorb your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. You see, I I, I think about what's in the world in this very moment. I think about what you and I are exposed to every day. I think about what you and I listen to. I think about the daily diet of what we take in in terms of the noise in the world. And then I think about what our kids take in, the noise that they take in, what our grandkids take in on an everyday kind of ways. That noise, that negativity, those lies, those half-truths, the deception, all of that 
wrapped in to one. And then I got to thinking, all of that, that is very much man-made, that is very much being pushed and instituted by the devil himself. All of that ultimately has been meant for destruction. The destruction of one's heart, the destruction of one's soul, the destruction of one's spirit. Just to make you absolutely depleted and defeated. That's what noise ultimately does. That's what the world ultimately brings you to the state of. But I want you to hear this. What man and what the devil himself has meant for destruction, all of that noise, listen to this, God Almighty has and will continue to use for his good and his glory. Let me say that again. What the devil and what man will always use for his own agenda, for his own destruction towards someone else, God will turn it around, God will transform it, and God will use it for his good and his glory. And that, dear church, is truth that we can stand upon. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, one of the miraculous truths, Lord, that I hope we hear this day, that I hope can be daily manna for our lives, is that so often what has ill intent, what can hurt, what can ultimately destroy, you, O oh God, have a miraculous way of turning it around. You have a miraculous way of taking those broken pieces and making it whole and making it to your glory and to your goodness. Lord, that's the God that we serve. Lord, so often there are these false, meaningless idols, Lord, in our lives that absolutely get us nowhere. Lord, we worship them, but we know in our heart of hearts, Lord, that we're still running on empty. But you are the God, O oh God, that uh, truly, truly fills our spiritual tanks, Lord. You are the God that can fill those hurting places in our mind, in our hearts, in our souls, and give us the strength that we need to keep on keeping on. So, Lord, in all things, as individual believers and as the body of Christ, Lord, we're going to hold on very tightly to what you can do through your goodness, through your grace, and through your glory, because that, biblically, is the truth that should be proclaimed and should be taught for us now and for the generations to follow. Lord, we stand upon the good news of Jesus Christ. That 
is the message we need to hear this day and always. Less negativity, less meanness, and more of the gospel, more of hope, more, Lord, of your grace, more about Jesus Christ and his message of, of forgiveness and salvation because every one of us at the end of the day want to be set free. And you are the truth, O oh God, that can do just that. Glory be to your name. Amen.